Black Girls in Media podcast main mission is to educate, encourage, and inspire women of all ages and fields of media. We use our own life experiences, guest tips, and Black culture to move our stories. We aim to teach, uplift, and guide all of our listeners to find ways to connect the dots to achieve their dreams. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to BGIM Podcast. I am your host, Dante. And my name is Kelly Ray. And today we have a special, special guest. Her name is Tamika Newhouse. She goes by the Shonda Rhimes of Black Publishing by Ad Week, they say. So we had to have her here on the podcast so you guys could get to know all about her and what she does in the media industry. Hi, Tamika. How are you? I'm excellent. So Dante and Kelly, thank you so much for allowing me to come into your space, invade it just a little bit. Oh, so I hopefully, love that. you know, I'm on my best behavior, but y'all, hey. <laughs> I don't know. I, we're all for entertainment, so give it to us. Of all course, right, we have okay. to start right off and say, you know, introduce yourself and let our listeners know who you are and what you do. Perfecto. Well, guys, first and foremost, well, my name is Tamika Newhouse, and I'm just a dreamer. I was a, a girl that had these ideas and these visions and things that she wanted to do, and I found a way to make those things happen. I publish books, I write books, I, I publish, not publish, produce films, uh, write scripts, I produce festivals, I travel just to talk about my stories, and now I also produce a podcast um, that we're going to shoot a documentary behind. So all around, I'm a creative and a storyteller. Sheesh, what don't you do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a much... I guess a shorter list, but I have to really think about what I don't do. <laughs> and how did you get into that? Obviously, just being a creative, you have you, you're trying to learn so many different things and actually get into it. Like, how did you know that that was your niche and that's what you want to start as a full timer? Oh well, um, so I grew up as a PK child, and so that means I was for those that don't know, preacher's kid. So I was very heavily in church. I was a spiritual child, always praying and singing and all this stuff. And I used to also preach some of the night services as young as nine years old. So I, I understood the assignment, as they call it these days, about manifesting the things that you want. And so very young, I used to say what I wanted to be, especially when I started writing stories around nine, 10 years old, and I fell in love with storytelling. Um, and then I had this, this vision, this idea when I was 12. And I was sitting in what was like a, a cafe and I was writing and typing on something and I was sipping coffee. And remind you, this is in the 90s still and we didn't have laptops. Was nobody going to no internet cafe. So when I had told my mother about this, I also told her that, hey, I'm going to move to Atlanta and I'm going to be this full-time arthritis. And I, I just knew that that's what I was going to be because I saw it. And life happened, you know, because life, that's what happens. Life happens. And we all have these dreams and these aspirations. But I got derailed by life when I became a mother really, really young. And um, those thoughts just kind of fell by the wayside. And I just so happened to stumble across a lot of writers when I was about 19, 20 on MySpace. And through those writers, I discovered the art form of self-publishing. And long story short, I did the research, I completed the steps, and I published my first book. By the time I was 20, 21, I launched my publishing company. 23, I dropped out of college, quit my job, and I have not worked a job since. Long story short. 
Wow. It's way longer. <laughs> no, that is just such a major accomplishment. So kudos to you. Gracias. To you. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, you said you did the research and you went on this journey to try to figure out, you know, A, how to self-publish, but also how to start your own publishing company. So just tell us a little bit about the journey navigating through that. See, the, the crazy thing about me is everything that I did in the very beginning was unintentional. I did not wake up one day and say, hey, let me start a publishing company and let me help everybody else dream along with me. That was not my goal. However, I was so, I was 21. I was very, very hungry and, and I mean, the passion was there. So I was on a flight every month going to a different city, talking to people, shaking hands, I'm hosting and curating my own events, my own book signings. Because again, well, I guess I had this pattern of not waiting. I wasn't going to wait for someone to say, hey, your book is good enough. Let me publish it. I wasn't going to wait to say, hey, now your book is out. Let me put you on this tour. I wasn't going to wait for someone to say, hey, I have this bookstore. Let me put your book on my bookshelf. Every single thing that I accomplished is because I wanted it and I went and achieved that. And by doing the research, simple things such as Google, which can be your best friend, start there. Go into your local libraries and browse those bookshelves and see what else is going on that you can actually read up on. Talk to people that's in that same space that you're in. And honestly, that's all that I did. I did the steps. I did the work, but I was consistent at it. I stayed on it every single day because I enjoyed it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so one of your mini hats is also not only being a producer, but also having your own podcast. And if I remember correctly, I feel like you low-key kind of slid in. There's going to be a documentary coming. Yeah, yeah, I did that. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> did I hear that correctly? Yeah. I slid it in real quick. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, um, so when Dante introduced me, she stated um, that basically... Uh, well, basically, I do a lot, right? And so I wanted to tell my story. And I'm one of those creators where if I accomplish something, I need to be challenged over and over and over again. Because once I do it, it's kind of like, oh, yay. And um, being called like the Shonda Rhimes of Black publishing, that was a compliment because all of my thoughts are innovative. Almost every single thing that I do from how I publish books, from how I produce events, how my arts festival here in Atlanta is produced and presented down to me creating this podcast, it has never been done before and especially in the way that I have. So my innovative ways is, has always been able to keep me in a position of being an entrepreneur full time. My podcast, I want to tell my story, but a big part of me was like, well, I'm young still and a lot of people still don't know me. So a lot of people are not going to be really that interested in reading my story. And, you know, I hear that a lot. A lot of people say, I want to tell my story. I want to tell my story. And my response is, well, who are you? And why do we care? So I created this, um, this whole entirely new genre for podcasting where I tell my story through unscripted conversations. I invite my children on former flames, colleagues, other famous writers. And we have these conversations about life, love, mental health, sexuality, marriage, black families, economics, any and everything that you can think of. And I started this podcast because I was on the other side of understanding myself and on the other side of healing. I've dealt with mental illness as far as I can remember. Um, and I, and I, I channel, you know, my, sometimes my trauma 
um, through writing and through creating because I can't control my own life. I would then create lives that I could control. And I got to a point where I couldn't just kind of just bury these thoughts and these emotions. And I went through the process of healing for years. And now I was in a place of, I wanted to talk about it. There was a lot of people that was in this space of, they want a dream, but they don't know how. They don't have, technically have a supportive family. Um, they have these unhealed spirits and these souls. Um, they, they're walking around angry, confused, lost, whatever the case may be, because they're just not talking about it. And if you don't talk about your pain, if you don't talk about even your triumphs, you don't really gain understanding. And understanding for me is the key to healing so that you can be a better person because there's really no such thing as a perfect life. We're all going to be dealing with these things. So my podcast, which is called Traces of Mika, because it's Traces of Me, and my nickname is Mika. <laughs> so on um, season two, um, I took a step forward. I created this visual element to it. So you come into my home um, in different places throughout Atlanta. And I'm having these, um, I'm revealing secrets and things I've never really talked about openly. Um, mainly because people want to, you know, it's, it's very, um, it's a sticky type of subject matter, talking about your own mistakes. You know, nobody really wants to talk about that. So I expose that on my podcast and I talk about it in the most fun, but revealing way so that people can really connect with what I'm trying to do and then activate conversations within their own life. That sounds that was so long. No, that <laughs> sounds so amazing. It's like, I love that. It's so modern. It's a modern form of like therapy through a podcast. Yes. And the fact yes. that you're also getting recognized by media outlets such as Pandora. Um, yes. How does that make you feel? Obviously, I would think you're like, okay, my dreams are coming into fruition. But that's also very scary to be so raw and share those pieces with just random people of the world. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you stay so open? Do you think that that's what allows you to be successful? I think I stay so open or I'm, I'm more open okay with being so open because everything that could have happened to me has happened from near death experiences to public lynchings like where people wanted to destroy my name and my character to having to fight for my own children's love and affection to a failed marriage and betrayal from loves um you know from loves and people that I was I was with from witnessing the own death of my mother to not having an absent father to having siblings that were not consistent or there, like any and everything that you can think of, I have experienced. So I'm like, I bet, what else is there left to do? Cause I was having conversations with black Jesus and I was like, come on now, you won't have to give me something good. It has to be a reason why I have experienced all of this darkness and all of these pains. And on the flip side, you're still able to give me, or I'm still able to live the life that I've always wanted, but this is the cost. Like you, I've lost a lot of people. And so with me putting this podcast out there, I don't really care about what people think. Hmm. I'm not doing it for people's opinions. I'm not doing it for people's feedback and for them to give me um, a, a review on what they think of me. I don't care. You can listen and, and actually gain some knowledge and laugh and cry and all that with me and then begin to kind of heal in your own space. Or you can be like, mm, I don't like that and keep it moving. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sleep just like that at night. <laughs> Peaceful. I don't really care about um, being liked. Um, I, I know that I just freely create and the people that it's for 
it's four. Ooh, you just spoke to my soul just now because I feel like as a content creator, podcaster in general, I think anyone, you have to get out of your own way and not always look for that outer validation because you're blocking your own blessings. Like you stepped out of your own way. And like you said, you don't care. You just know that you're helping people with these stories. You don't know who, but you're helping them. And look at the thing, look at where you are in your career. Like that's just proof in the pudding for me right there. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to piggyback off you just when you say you're getting in your own way. I often say that everyone has a talent. There's a purpose for everybody here. This is why we all look different. This is why none of our fingerprints are the same. None of our DNA is the same. We're all uniquely made. But what is the difference between me and Beyonce? She got the same amount of days and under her time that I do. And the same for like Puff Daddy and all these other famous people that we see on TV. It's all about relationships. It's also about being seen. It has to have that right opportunity that's now going to spearhead you into that that place or that position you need to be at. But then let's process this. Imagine you sitting at the top like Beyonce and you've never been broken. You've never had your feelings hurt. You've never had to struggle. You've never lost something and then had to regain it. Those things, the hard parts, build a lot of character. And when you sit in like this at the very top, it's not a lot of people for you to hide behind, meaning people about to see you. That comes with a lot, a lot of attention, a lot of responsibility. And when you have all these eyes on you, people come with energies and they come with their expectations and and their own spirits. Are you able and equipped to deal with that? So when you think about climbing up there and getting to the top and you mad at Black Jesus about all the BS that you've experienced, come hold tight. Everything you went through was for a reason. He, you are being prepared and you are getting these skill sets and the strength and endurance to deal with the BS when you sitting right here at the top by yourself. Come on now, let's keep this, let's keep it 100. Freeze. You can't be up here and be all gullible and naive and come on. Let's process this, folks. So all of your pain does have a purpose. Now, are you going to sit there and be mad or are you going to continue down your journey and then be wiser? make better decisions, be accountable for your choices because that's the part that's going to help you propel is you. Yes, come through wise words. Just saying. I love it. I told y'all I was a PK kid. I used to have folks in church. <laughs> BGIM sermons. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and just, and you know, just continuing on with that conversation, speaking of you know, the people that you have around you and the energy that you have around you. You also on your podcast talk a lot about the importance of maintaining strong female friendships. So tell us a little bit about why you think that's so important and what advice would you give our listeners about keeping a strong circle around them? I'm going to try to not have this be so layered. However, when you look around the people that are, because you can't get there by yourself. We're not robots. You need people that's going to encourage you, root you on, remind you that you're human, make you laugh, allow you to cry on their shoulder. Like you need those circle of friends. And so for me, I had to build my family. Half my family was taken from me when I was really, really young. The other half I was never close to. So when I moved to Atlanta, I had to really navigate through the space of finding my tribe. And honestly, this is very, very important to your mental, simply because, again, you need to purge that energy. You also need to bounce some ideas off of your friends. Also, again, the key to success for me is relationships. So who is in your circle? 
Issa Rae said something in an interview as far as reaching across. We have so many people that's trying to reach up here and say, ooh, you the boss. Ooh, you got the connected. I won't. Can you give me your connection? Can you put me on? We have a lot of people like that trying to reach above and you're not on this level. You're here. So I need you to reach across to people that's also on your level and then y'all climb together. It's so much, much easier. Picture a tug of war. Everybody on that rope is playing a position to make sure that y'all can get the rope to y'all side. And if you all pull together, you can win that. But what happens when one person is not pulling their weights? What happens when you're the only one that's on that side and you got five other people on the other side working together, pulling the rope onto their side? Let's process that and see like, hey, logically, I'm going to need more people on my team. Do good, be good, and have good people around you because that also is another key to climbing up that success ladder. Mm. And I know this by experience, guys. I mean, clearly, you are so seasoned, Miss Tamika. It's not even funny. I, I'm just loving this, eating it all up. Gracias, gracias. And also, <laughs> date your friends. The only way for you to know that these people or your girlfriends are good people, date your friends. My, when my best friend of 12, 13 years showed up to my house, with my guy sitting on the couch, she showed up to my house with a dozen red roses. I was like, ooh, babe, look what, look what my friend got me. She got me some roses. Aww. Let me go ahead and put these in some water. Show your friends love and affection. Pay attention to their love languages. Spend time with them. Y'all go out together. Like You have to marinate these friendships, not because they're supposed to be beneficial for you, but because they're good for your, your spirit and your soul. They help you grow. They they help you, you know, just be be yourself, your natural self. So date your friends as well. You speak about keys to climbing the ladder. What are some other keys that you haven't mentioned so far that you think our listeners should know? Consistency. Even if you don't want to do it. So let's let's process. This is other logical choices or practical choices here. For me, I'm all about logic. If you're gonna half-ass do it, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know if I can say that word, but if you're gonna halfway do it you're gonna get halfway results. If you're going to put in full speed, like we've been watching the people in the Olympics on the track, when the gun shoots out what they do, they give their very best and they run all the way through till they reach that, that finish line. Even if they see they're in last place, you'll never see nobody say, dang, I'm about to lose. So let me just walk the rest of the way. What are we doing? They, they keep that same speed, that same endurance until they reach that finish line. So consistency is the key. And then the other characteristic I feel you need is obsession. If you are not obsessed about what it is you want to do with your life, it's probably not going to happen as quickly because that means you're just treating it like everything else. No, I was desperate, you know, for, you know, for me to be successful in, in this because I saw it in my head. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I want people to invest in me and I want people to take me seriously. So I presented myself as that. I was overweight. I was 250 pounds. I was wearing these ugly, dry looking wigs. I did not know how to dress. You know what I did? I eventually lost weight. I eventually started finding different ways to wear my hair. And I got an image consultant, someone that can tell me about how to do my makeup, style, hairstyles that work for my, you know, for my head and stuff. Like how to coordinate my outfits, um, how to, you know, walk in heels. Because I you know I do all that, but I knew I had to look a certain way so I can begin to climb that success ladder. And you have a lot of people that don't do that. Thirdly, investing. And I don't mean money. The biggest investment that you're going to make is time. 
So if you're going to say, if you can go to work to nine, nine to five and be committed to somebody else and help that company make millions of dollars, you can then at least give yourself the weekend for something that's going to build a um, generational wealth for yourself. So it's all about how bad do you want it? I don't want to hear about I'm tired. Oh, it ain't happened quick enough. You're happy for that fall off when they don't get instant gratification. Okay, cool, bet. You didn't want it. Make some room for me because I want it. Move, move to the side. That's how I feel. So if you're going to halfway do it, you're going to get halfway results. So be consistent, be obsessed, and invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. I, oh my goodness, I love that so much because we talk about entrepreneurship a lot on this podcast. And so if you are going to put in the time for your nine to five, at least dedicate some time on the weekend to yourself because it's so yep. true. It, it, it is just, it's so true. And I know I can speak for myself. I, I struggle with that. I struggle with you know, the, the security of wanting the nine to five versus trusting myself and putting myself out there and just doing it for my own. So I appreciate that so, so much. And then really quickly, I want to ask you, speaking of doing it on your own, see, I I feel like you'd be dropping in these little nuggets sometimes. And I got to catch them. (laughs) I got to catch them. Let's go ahead and catch them stuff. So one of the things I caught (laughs) Was that you mentioned that, you know, you're in Atlanta, but you also like curate and do some events. So tell us a little bit about some of those events that you do. Right. So here I go again, innovating different things. Um, I saw a space for Black writers to be celebrated. Um, and also I saw a space for Black writers to be awarded. So I developed an award show called the AANBC Literary Awards back in 2009. And to this date, it has honored well over 2,500 writers. Um, some of the, the writers I have honored, such as Nikki Giovanni, Terry McMillan, um, Terry Woods, Mary Monroe, Zane, um, Francis Ray, Eric Jerome Dickey, um, Will Packer, um, and I can keep going on and on and on. And so what I felt as far as the, with this space, we never really saw black writers on the covers of magazines, on the billboards, in the commercials. We don't get the endorsements. We don't walk the red carpet. We're not important, according to them. But I said, without the writer, we don't have music. We don't have movies. We don't have TV shows. We don't have anything. So why aren't y'all celebrating us on the same level that you're celebrating these musicians? Without us, they wouldn't have nothing to sing anyway. So I said, cool. I'm going to produce an award show with that same type of light on the same type of level and when I say it's one of the hardest but most fulfilling productions I've ever put on I do it annually every year next year it moved to August which is now as a part of Black Writers Weekend and that is what my literary arts festival kind of embodies so Black Writers Weekend is a four-day festival and it embodies the award show which is the AANBC Literary Awards then I have a free writers conference. And at this writers conference, I always have a pitch fest. And it's at Creative Con is what it's called. And pitch fest allows you to pitch your films and your books to real people in those industries. So last year we had a partnership with Harlequin and they have about 12 imprints. And we took on live pitches for people to get book deals in real time. Previous years, I've had Netflix, OWN, BT, um, all sorts of different independent directors, even Will Packer Studios, 
host a panel of um, a panel for pitching your your screenplays and for you to get some feedback on your film. So we do that to give writers opportunities for their films to go into production. And then we have book signings, parties, socials, all that jazz. So Black Writers Weekend is like my brainchild, my biggest project that I produce annually and it's next year being August and it'd be in August from now on moving forward. It used to be in June. But yeah, so Black Writers Weekend is, you know, it's easy to find and uh, that's my baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do so much. And so my last question for you, Tamika, is with everything that you uh, do and everything that you're going to continue to do, how do you balance it all? How can our listeners find a nice balance when they want to do their nine to five, get their side time hustle to make their dreams come true, pour into their relationships with friends and even dating, make sure that mental health is good. You know, like how does a person do it the Tamika Newhouse way? I didn't even mention motherhood. I didn't even talk about your spouse because, you know, those are full-time jobs in itself. In itself, yep. So realistically, because when I started this, my first company, I had a nine-month-old baby sitting in my lap when I started my very first company. Realistically now, if I was to take on all that I did then, it will be pretty hard. So this is what I do. I actually have a physical journal calendar mm-hmm. that I utilize to mark down what I need to accomplish that month. And I have a digital uh, calendar, which is my Google calendar. And it goes off all day long about what I need to get done, whether it's personal or business. My dentist appointments on there, my massage appointments when I go to the gym, if I want to take a break, whatever the case may be. And I just make sure I go by this very, and I'm very disciplined with my schedule. And last but not least, I have my monthly schedule and I have my, you know, my weekly goals. But every single day when I sit down in front of my laptop, I write down everything for sure that I need to get accomplished today. So I have a to daily, uh, I mean, a daily to-do list. And basically that's how I operate and move around. If you structure your life realistically, because everybody's life looks differently, structure it and deal and, and basically manage it in a most realistic manner that you can. Do not overwhelm yourself. Don't say, okay, I'm gonna go to the gym three times out the week. I'm going to write 10 hours a week. I'm going to also work a full-time job. I'm going to be, I'm going to be nurturing to my spouse, be present for my children. Let's be realistic. How many hours can you write in a month? How many times can you go to a gym in, in the month? Let's break it down like that. And then as you begin to navigate and get comfortable with your routines, add a little bit more in that. And once you get that comfortable space where I can't take on anymore, just stick with it. Mm-hmm. Stick with it for a little bit. And once you accomplish your goal, add on a new goal and mm-hmm. so forth and so forth. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. You are just a breath of fresh air. Look at you, lady. Formative. Definitely was needed, I feel like, this season. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 13. Make sure you guys stick around for episode 14. And of course, you can follow Miss Tamika. Where can they follow you on your socials? Everything is my name. It's Tamika with an I, T-A-M-I-K-A. And my last name is Newhouse. Like I bought a new house and it's Tamika <laughs> Newhouse all together. My website is TamikaNewhouse.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and my podcast is Traces of Mika. If you want to watch season two, you can go to YouTube, just type in Traces of Mika and all of my videos will pop up. I also have a trailer for my 17th romance novel, Sugar Hill. 
And the 18th uh, book will be coming out this fall. So go to my YouTube channel, watch me. I'm the leading lady. It's my first acting role. Um, it's very sensual and sexy and stuff. So go to my YouTube channel, which is Traces Amika, and you'll be able to see all of my videos, all of my interviews, all that jazz. And I'm interesting, guys, a little bit. She's very interesting, <laughs> as you can tell. And of course, you guys can follow us at BGIM Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Dante's Inferno on Instagram. And I am It's Kelly Ray on Instagram. Also, don't forget that the Black Girls in Media membership is now open back up. So some of our perks include book club, surprise BGIM mailers, hybrid mixers, monthly challenges, just to name a few. So if you are interested in being a member of Black Girls in Media, just go to the BGIM main page Instagram. Yes, yes. And that's a wrap, guys. Make sure you tune in next week. Bye. Bye, guys.